Welcome to Mutual Aid, a podcast produced by the South Carolina Sheriff's Association to help sheriffs better serve and protect South Carolina citizens. I am Jared Bruder, Executive Director of the South Carolina Sheriff's Association, and I'll be your host for today's episode. If we have learned anything from the pandemic, it is that we can do far more than we ever realized, including hosting podcasts. We have all had to embrace new technologies, new learning methods, and new communication strategies. Gathering together for training isn't quite as easy as it used to be, so we thought we'd take advantage of our new skill set and embrace the technology. It has been said that no one understands the role of sheriff better than sheriffs. In other words, sheriffs can and should learn from one another. As Proverbs 27.17 reminds us, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. To sharpen one another, the association will host a new podcast which will feature discussions that are intended to help sheriffs better serve and protect their constituents. It is our intent to share good ideas with sheriffs statewide that will hopefully enhance and advance each sheriff's office around the state. Before we dive into the discussion today, I want to take a minute to thank and recognize our sponsor for today's episode, United Badges Insurance Services. Alan Durham is the president and CEO with United Badges Insurance Services, and he has been a great friend to the Sheriff's of South Carolina for several years now. He and his staff do a wonderful job offering specific insurance services to first responders. Give them a call and let them give you a quote on all of your insurance needs. The number is 1-800-566-5990. 1-800-566-5990. Again, many thanks to Alan and the folks at United Badges Insurance Services for their support. All right, for our first podcast ever, I'm excited to have our association president, Oconee County Sheriff Mike Crenshaw, here with us on the on the line. Welcome to Mutual Aid, President Crenshaw. It's good to be with you. Looking forward to utilizing this new technology. Yes, sir. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll work our way through it. Uh, President Crenshaw, we are also excited to have with us a relatively new member of your staff, uh, Mr. Don Dan Holland. I apologize, Dan Holland. Uh, Dan, we are excited to have you with us here on Mutual Aid, even if you are an Ohio State Buckeye fan. <laughs> well, thank you. It's good to be with you, and uh, certainly good to get that monkey off, of, off our backs. Friday night, taking down the Clemson Tigers. Well, I hope I hope this podcast goes better for me than the uh, game went for the Tigers, but we'll see how that goes. But uh, I appreciate having both of you here with us today. Uh, again, this is our inaugural podca- podcast, and we're jumping into this to kind of try to share information and ideas across the state uh, to help uh, other sheriffs come up with new uh, and exciting things that they can implement in their offices to make their sheriff's offices better. Uh, so today uh, we're going to dive into a topic that has been in the headlines a lot in recent months, and that is cultural diversity. Uh, obviously, police reform and cultural diversity were thrust into the national conversation following the tragic death of George Floyd in Minnesota back in May of 2020. But uh, President Crenshaw, you and Dan uh, began working on cultural diversity objectives within the Oconee County Sheriff's Office well before this was a, nat- a national topic. Why is that? And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you've done in your office with cultural diversity? Sure. Uh, yeah, Dan and I have, have had conversations over the last several years 
uh, on various topics, leadership, uh, diversity. Uh, we've had some candid conversations, but, uh, you know, Jerry, if you look at our rule of law, for me, our rule of law says, you know, we're to treat everyone fairly, treat everyone equally. And after becoming sheriff, I campaigned on, on diversity. Uh, I, I wanted to be the sheriff as well that treated my employees fairly and equally when it comes to policy, when it comes to procedure. Uh, so, you know, fast forward that to, to this year and, uh, you know, I was able to, to get my county council to, to appropriate funding for a cultural diversity director. And, uh, you know, we started with Mr. Dan Holland about six months ago and uh, we, we've accomplished a lot. But we've still got a long way to go on where we're at at the present. Good deal. Uh, Dan, if you will, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you've, you've had cultural diversity experience or you worked in several different professional arenas with cultural diversity. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, why this is important. Well, Mr. Bruder, this is, uh, I think, uh, my, you know, my background has been more, uh, higher education administration, um, and this is a, I spent about 30 years in higher education administration and various institutions uh, across the country. And, uh, and one of the things that has always been a, um, a point of emphasis um, uh, in terms of my, my career has, has been, you know, based on my background and where I come from, um, small rural town, uh, South Carolina, and uh, single parent uh, household, First generation college student uh, has been uh, an emphasis on uh, on uh, equality and equity and, and, and fairness. Um, and um, you know, when I left the small rural, rural town of Seneca and and, and offered an opportunity to go to college on a, on a basketball scholarship, uh, arriving at college and um, uh, was not very much diversity. It was, a, it was actually a cultural shock for me personally. And um, it was a Western institution, faith-based Christian institution, uh, very little diversity whatsoever um, from a religious standpoint, from a racial standpoint. Um, uh, and so this is something that's always been, you know, on my heart. Um, uh, but um, and as I've had the opportunity to uh, work in, 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 my, in my various careers over the years, um, something that's always been a, a point of contention. And the sheriff and I had an opportunity uh, as I was serving as the vice president of student affairs and dean of students at Tri County Technical College. Uh, invited the sheriff to a presentation uh, that I was giving on Title IX and followed the Violence Against Women's Act. And uh, on the heels of that that, that training session, uh, the sheriff Crenshaw and several other uh, sheriffs and chiefs from the upstate of South Carolina attended. Uh, he and I started to some dialogue to think about how we might be able to collaborate, partner uh, going forward on. Things such as um, matters such as um, uh, high school dropouts and um, drug use and abuse and uh, high rates of incarceration, mm -hmm. as well as um, um, issues such as uh, racial uh, division and uh, intentions across America. And so, as a result, um, the sheriff and I started having some dialogue and conversations on, on ways that we could uh, collectively help uh, improve our, our, our community. That's great. That's great. I, I know, Dan, you and I uh, have had several conversations since you came on board at the sheriff's office there. And 
Uh, we've talked a good bit about cultural diversity in law enforcement. And as you and I have, have discussed, really before we can talk about what cultural diversity is, we have to talk about what it is not. Uh, I believe you and I both agree that cultural diversity cannot be achieved through an hour or a two hour, three hour, whatever uh, PowerPoint presentation. Uh, I believe you called that when we were talking one time, you said that was cultural diversity cover. And uh, we really don't want to just have cover here. We want to have uh, meaningful conversations, meaningful dialogue that gets down to the root of the problems and helps us get better. So, so cultural diversity is, is not uh, a quick PowerPoint presentation. Cultural diversity is also not some touchy-feely sensitivity stuff that somebody created somewhere. Uh, cultural diversity, in, in my opinion, and, and I think you would agree with this, cultural diversity starts with the desire to understand yourself and others, and the willingness to have open, honest conversations, even if those conversations revealed, revealed things about yourself you don't like. Uh, then, once you discover how your actions or inactions impact others, you adapt your practices or the practices of your agency. So, uh, Dan, I hope I didn't steal any of your thunder there, but, but is that kind of where you're coming from, from a cultural diversity standpoint? And, and what have you seen so far in, in looking at cultural diversity in a law enforcement setting? You are absolutely spot on. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We're, we're, we're certainly on one accord there. Um, there's also, all, all, you know, oftentimes there's a misconception that's known about uh, cultural diversity and what, what it is, what it isn't. And, um, as, as you alluded to, Mr. Bruder, there's, you know, there's many cases, uh, where, and I should say many cases, I would go as far as saying very prevalent, very common, uh, that, uh, those agencies, organizations, and, and, and groups oftentimes, uh, adopt, uh, diversity covers, uh, in a, you know, a 45 minute to an hour PowerPoint presentation in an effort to address, uh, diversity. Diversity, cultural diversity is something that you, from my perspective, that you have to work at. You have to work at it like a marriage. You have to work at it on a daily basis. Uh, mm -hmm. We often have conversations about, uh, uh, with our kids, about things like, you know, sex, for example, uh, you know, the version of ease. And when you're going to have that conversation with, with your son or your daughter, um, because it's something that's very prevalent uh, in, 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 our, in our lives. And, uh, you know, diversity, cultural diversity is, is common and prevalent uh, in our lives, in our kids' lives, uh, as, they, as they tend to, you know, work function on a daily basis uh, in, in athletics, uh, in, in the school setting, in their communities that they reside and live in. And, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, when we look at that, you know, the concept of cultural diversity and how we interact and collaborate, partner with others and uh, connect with others and understand that their various backgrounds and, and uh, their history and, and where they came from, what molded shaped them to, to, to Think the way they think, act the way they act, behave the way they behave. Um, uh, we oftentimes avoid those 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 courageous conversations, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm I'm one that that believes that uh, you have to have those courageous conversations. You have to establish conversation communities. Uh, it can't be a 45 minute uh, uh, you know PowerPoint presentation. It can't be a two day uh, seminar uh, where you bring a, a speaker in for two days to talk about cultural diversity training. Uh, this is something that you have to work at as though you work at it as, as, as you know, as you would a marriage uh, yeah. every day, 24, 24, seven, 365 days a year. And, That's a great um, point. That's a great point. I, I, I kind of, 
that that strikes home with me when you're saying stuff like that because it um it, it's not you know of, of course part of my job here at the association is to look at legislation and and those types of things and of course there have been a lot of uh, ideas tossed about and, and proposals put forward about cultural diversity training and those types of things. But, but it is, it's, it's almost proposed as if it can be healed or, or, you know, achieved through an hour presentation every year. And, and that's really not it. You, you do have to have a continual focus on this moving forward. And it's, and it's really kind of trying to see, see the world through others' eyes. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I had uh, the opportunity to listen about a, uh, an, actually another podcast about something I'd never heard before. It's called the Enneagram, and it it basically nine different personality types. But it the the author there said that that basically there are nine different types of normal, and and those are perfectly normal. And it really opened my eyes on this cultural diversity stuff that 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 everybody has a different normal. That you know your normal may not be my normal, but your normal is perfectly fine. Uh, and, and my normal is perfectly fine, too, but we have to be willing to see each other's normal and see each other from uh, from their perspective. So, uh, President Crenshaw, I know I know y'all been working on this. Y'all been been implementing several things in your agency about this. What are some things that you discovered about your sheriff's office there uh, after these these conversations on cultural diversity? Yeah, I felt like we, I had a pretty good uh, understanding uh, had been able to to increase our our diverseness uh, from from eight years ago to where we are today uh, from uh, from a, from a race standpoint from a gender standpoint. But uh, you know, Jared, you know, as, as y'all have talked about candid conversations, I think that's very important uh, that that you have those conversations. You know, because I learned, you know, some of my non- minority employees are sometimes discriminated by people of their own color. Mm. Uh, that that I didn't know, you know, that they yeah. had never shared with me. You know, I learned that, uh, uh, you know, some of our employees felt like they had, they had applied for uh, promotions in the past and, and didn't get those promotions, that they felt like, uh, you know, that there was no one on on that promotion panel that, that looked like them. And, yeah, uh, that's you know, a that, point. that really, really stuck out to me there uh, because, uh, you know, I've, while I've always, when a promotion come up, whether it was a corporal, a sergeant, or a lieutenant, uh, whatever whatever position was open, you know, naturally we would we would use the the, the next higher ranking uh, person, whoever that was, to interview for for that bureau, for that division, for that unit, and uh, you know put that put that interview panel together based on where the position was open. So that was something that. Uh, that, that really registered with me, and that's something that I know that we've we've done going forward uh, is making sure on on all of our uh, new applicant, new interview uh, panels that we've got diversity and gender represented uh, on those, as well as you know anytime a promotion comes open. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we make yeah. sure that we've got uh, gender represented on that on that promotion panel, as well as uh, uh, race and diversity represented on that. Another thing that, that we learned that I think is important in these conversations uh, is that from a recruiting and hiring standpoint, uh, you know, not everyone, re- regardless of, of, of your gender, race, not everyone reads uh, that, that local news or that local mm-hmm. radio station. Yep. So you've got to, you've also got to 
to get your your information, your job openings. Uh, so you may have to, to to use a different venue to to get that information out there, so that truly the entire community knows that you're you're recruiting or you're hiring. But uh, that that's some things that that just in six months that we've learned from uh, from having these conversations and, and having our uh, cultural diversity director on board. That's that's great, and I I really I love the two points that you made there, and I'm I'm going to come back to one about the the interview boards, but um, you know we've got we were supposed to have our uh, winter conference coming up in just a week or two um, from now, or just uh, a little bit down the road, but we've had to had to postpone that till the spring due to COVID. But uh, Chief Kelvin Waits from Georgetown uh, Police Department was going to come and do a cultural diversity talk, and his his conversation, he talks about recruiting and he talks about the fact that the, that the chief or the sheriff or the, the head of the agency, they really have to t- have to pay attention to that, that, that they have to, they have to be uh, involved with it. They have to take the bull by the horns. They have to get there and they have to make sure that if they want different, that they're pursuing things in a different manner. So, you know, the, uh, a personal saying that's always meant a lot to me is if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. And, and I, you take that and you apply that to recruiting. Um, if you keep recruiting people the same way, you're going to keep getting people the, what, the, the same people you've gotten. So if you want somebody that looks different, you may have to, to do things in a different way. But, but I, I, again, I'm really glad you answered that point about the, uh, the boards as well, the interview boards and the, the promotional boards. You and Dan were kind enough to do a, a similar conversation back for sheriff school back in December. And I know that that was really one of the things that stood out to even even some of the, the sitting sheriffs that were in the room that they they had not thought about that. So I, I'm glad you did that because it to me, that is the perfect example of why cultural diversity conversations need to be happening. Um, I, you know, I, we definitely need to be able to have those conversations and, and, and look at that and help us get that down the road. Uh, and, and to be clear, Sheriff Crenshaw, no one on your staff, you included, intentionally structured the promotional process the way that it was in the past without diversity or without representation, but it was something that re- never really occurred to you, right? That's correct. You know, there was, uh, some of our, uh, promotions in the past you know we would have we would have diversity represented on those panels and some of them we wouldn't it just depends on where the position was open but i know that's something that uh, dan had, had asked me you know early on in, in his employment with me uh and and i had to stop and think about it you know i said well sometimes i do but but not 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 all the time so it, it really made me think about that and you know i heard uh, you know those saying that doing what you say and saying what you do so, yeah. you know, I can have the best intentions in the world, but if, if I don't follow through with that, then, then it doesn't matter. So that, uh, you know, j- just in the short time we've done that, uh, I can see a difference, uh, you know, just in the morale, you know, in the past, someone didn't get a promotion. I mean, naturally they're disappointed, they're upset. Uh, but, uh, but, but going forward to now, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't heard the, 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 the talk or the, 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 the folks being that upset. So I think it, I think it's gone toward helping the overall morale of our agency as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and truly knowing that, uh, you know, everybody's getting a fair shot when it comes to promotions. So do you, have you had people get the job that you wouldn't have gotten, that wouldn't have gotten the promotion or wouldn't have gotten the job before? How, how has this 
tangibly been seen inside your agency with with different representation there on your interview boards and your hiring boards? Well, you know, since we started it, uh, and, and I've always believed, you know, you promote the best person for the job. Right. Uh, but, you know, with that being said, coincidentally, uh, you know, I think we've had two African-American employees that's been promoted since we've started this, this process of, of actually having uh, this representation on our on our promotion panels uh, so uh, you know and I'm glad that glad to see that uh, you know I, I truly believe those persons were, were the two most qualified persons that got promoted but uh, you know in, in, until you put this program in place and, and that, that's the only way that you can ensure uh, you know I can like I told you I can have the best intentions in the world I heard a, a leadership guy tell us one time in a leadership class you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions that's right uh, and that's always registered with me so you know it's important that i that i say uh that i do if what i say i'm going to do and uh and, and i think you know i can i can say that i truly see a, a reflection of that uh in in what we're doing currently at the present that's 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 great and i you know again what what cultural diversity is not. I, I, I think a lot of people hear cultural diversity and automatically go back to some type of affirmative action, uh, you know, situation where that that you're automatically uh, promoted or hired or advanced because of a, a skin color or uh, demographic or whatever. But that, that's not necessarily what we're what we're pushing here. What we're pushing is having conversations uh, about it to make sure that that the way you see things and the way other people see things are, are more in line with each other and making sure that, that there is a fair environment for everybody to proceed, to get the jobs, to, to get the promotions, to do those types of things. And, and I really think that's a, a great way to go about doing those types of things. So, um, Dan, I don't know if you want to comment on that at all, again, about the affirmative action stuff, that this isn't necessarily just advancing folks because of, of a skin color or, belief system or whatever else that is that it's removing barriers more than anything else i, I agree with you wholeheartedly uh mr Gordon. we have uh you know our focus is not on on you know here skin color uh, our focus is in terms of the diversity standpoint this is it's predicated on um the, the fundamentals of, of organizational success and and, and that's about leadership development. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's about character development and it's about quality. And we believe that uh, in, our, in our agency that um, uh, uh, given, the, given the opportunity, we, we want to make sure that, people, you know, that, that our, you know, our workforce has a, you know, a fair opportunity and have the same resources and opportunities uh, across the landscape of our agency. And if there are when there are opportunities that manifest themselves through promotion opportunities or new hire opportunities, that uh, uh, that that quality and character will reveal itself. Absolutely. And 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 the, the cream always rises. That's right. Um, and so we believe that um, uh, this is about excellence and insulation. If, if if we focus on excellence and doing things the right way, uh, seeing what we do and doing what we say. And we focused on uh, opportunities for everyone. Uh, then 
like I said, the cream, the, the cream will rise. And, um, you know, I think it's impaired to that, uh, you know, we, again, we make sure that, that people feel comfortable in the environment and the workforce in which they reside and that know that they're, they're, they're going to be granted a fair and equitable opportunity uh, across the board. And I think uh, one of the things that we're, we're doing as well is that uh, we are really focused on uh, working with our communities, uh, with uh, building and enhancing our community relationships and, and partnerships. Uh, even when we talk about the hiring process, the interview hiring process, making sure that we're we're partnering, collaborating with our local um, uh, post-secondary education institutions, and um, from a recruiting standpoint, and, and even from a training standpoint. And uh, I think those uh, those partnerships are are, are imperative, um, uh, certainly from a, uh, a, a from a recruiting standpoint. Make sure that we are expanding uh, our, our our pool of applicants when it comes to uh, hiring good character people and good quality people and and uh, you know, recently we brought in uh, four, um, you know, four presidents representing uh, four different institutions, uh, higher education institutions across the upstate. Uh, and uh, those presidents all came in and talked about uh, leadership development. And I personally believe that uh, diversity will reveal itself and manifest itself through leadership development. And so yeah. it's not about the, the, you know, the skin color, but uh, it's about uh, giving every person an opportunity, educating people and preparing them and, and readying them with, it, with, with, with the skills that's necessary to be able to, um, to, to engage and embrace uh, and, and respect people uh, within their workforce and be able to take those skill sets uh, outside the agency and, um, and, and work with a, um, a diverse uh, uh, demographics that we serve. That's, that's a, a wonderful point that you just made there. And, and, uh, you know, again, something that sticks out for me because when when we take the time to look internally and and address what we're doing internally, it makes our service and and protection efforts so much greater for the external communities that we're serving. So, uh, you know, it's it it may be uh, some folks may think it's silly to sit there and look at your promotional processes and see how that may or may not impact the communities, but but when you're doing that. Uh, like you said, the cream's going to rise to the top. The leaders are going to come up and uh, people are going to begin to move forward. And that will begin the process of serving our, our communities with greater equity and, and empathy as well. But, you know, one of the sayings that I've heard in church several years ago, but it's, it's always stuck with me is it's OK to not be OK, but it's not OK to stay that way. And I, I really feel like that's the essence of cultural diversity because it opens your eyes to the things you may not have ever seen. Then, then once you know better, you do better. And, and I really feel like that's kind of what y'all are doing through uh, the leadership conversations you're having, the processes that you've implemented, uh, some of those safeguards that you've had there. But President Crenshaw, you, you've obviously been blessed with a highly experienced and skilled individual there in, in Mr. Holland. And, and uh, you've got his cultural diversity and professionalism efforts there. But we got to be honest, all sheriff's offices are not uh, equally funded and have the same access to the same resources. So for those sheriffs out there that want to embrace this cultural diversity mindset or this uh, this continuing conversation that we've talked about, but they lack the financial resources to do this in a full time capacity. Where do you recommend they start? How do they how do they start this process? I think initially as a sheriff or any leader, you have to 
you have to put yourself in the position of a sponge. Mm. You know, have those have, have some candid conversations with with one people in your community, uh, minority leaders in your community, uh, people of, of that, that don't think and see and look at things the way you do. Uh, to, to really, you know, learn and, and try to try to get, gain, a, I guess, a better understanding of, of different culture, you know, because it, uh, like you say, I, I may see it one way, but my way's not not the way everybody sees it. So, uh, you know, I think you start there. Uh, start with your employees, you know, and 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 really try to have those candid conversations with with uh, with your employees, your minority employees. Uh, to determine, you know, what, what is it that have you ever felt uh, like you didn't get a promotion? You know, did, did you always have uh, people of, of, of uh, different color or, or gender on those interview panels, on those hiring panels or hiring boards? Uh, you know, so, so you can start with, with as simply as that. Uh, also, uh, I think it's important that you look at, look at data. The data of your agency. Uh, mm. You know, sometimes you have to drill down on that. Look at look at the the total arrest and look at the uh, ethnicity of those arrests. Your use of force reports. Uh, you know, things like that. Start gathering data, and then start having those those candid conversations with your employees and your community. That's that's some great points. And again, the data the data stuff is stuff that is uh, the data point is something that keeps coming up around the general assembly and an equitable justice task force and those types of things that keep coming forward. Uh, there've been conversations about racial bias audits and those types of things. And, and uh, you know, really we have to be willing to go back and look at the data and analyze the data and let the data tell us what is happening where and those types of things. But uh, did y'all have, uh, I get, I know y'all have done, uh, that you just said that y'all have uh, examined some of those statistics yourselves, but but did you have to make any improvements on that, or have you had to make any changes with your data collection? You know, we we've always, uh, in, in my eight years of being sheriff, I've always every year uh, evaluated our our uh, traffic stops. You know, looked at ethnicity, looked at gender. Uh, we've always evaluated our use of force reports uh, on a yearly basis. Uh, but, uh, you know, once we started putting all that together, uh, after, after Mr. Holland came on board with us, uh, you know, it was, you know, the, the, the data doesn't lie. I mean, the data, you know, truly shares the, the numbers. And, uh, so it, it was important for us, you know, as a, as an agency to make sure that our citizens, you know, uh, viewed and, and, and was able to understand that data as well. So that's one, one improvement that we've realize we need to make uh, is, is sharing that with our citizens more than, than we have been in the past. Uh, gotcha. Because we, once we looked at it, once we evaluated it, uh, you know, it, it truly was reflective of our community, uh, our, our use of force reports. We even drilled down on those uh, even more so uh, than, than we've ever done. So uh, I don't know that anything as far as data collection has changed. You know, you, I think every agency collects this data it's just making sure that you evaluate it and you study it and you drill it down mm -hmm. uh, so that you can truly get a true picture of the of the of the culture of your agency having the data is one thing but being able to use it is, a, is another thing so that's that's a great great example there dan again i'm gonna pull you back in and uh, ask you that question about uh 
the large agencies, the smaller agencies, you know, everybody's trying to, to have this conversation about cultural diversity, but, but some uh, may not feel like they have the resources. Um, where do they need to start? Where do, where, where do agencies, no matter the size, where do they need to start with their conversations about cultural diversity? I think look at exploring every opportunity that you, you, you can to find the resources uh, necessary to invest in the things that you find value in. Uh, we, we've, we've got to be innovative and creative uh, in terms of um, identifying ways to, uh, to again, be creative and, and, and invest in the things that we, we in the principles and the values that, 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 that we, we, we want to see instilled in our, in our workforce. And I think one of the ways that we, we can we, we do that, we can, you know, grant grants is an, is an opportunity that can uh, grant opportunities uh, to, to help support the um, small agency that may not have the resources uh, to invest in a, in a full time position, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, find uh, creative ways to, to, to partner in, uh, with um, uh, sister agencies. And, uh, you know, I've personally, uh, Done some consulting with, um, you know, with, with our agency in Anderson. I've done some consulting with, with our agencies, at, you know, law enforcement in Greenville County, uh, and that's just a creative way to, again, to, to find ways to, to collaborate and partner uh, and become equitable partners in, 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 in what we're trying to do to, in, in terms of addressing the issue of cultural diversity. And um, I think we've. Um, you know, those uh, those are again are creative ways. Um, every agency that you know is, is going to vary in terms of population, in terms of size, and uh, their demographics are different. Uh, population is different, and I think we've got to um, to explore uh, those uh, like I said, those creative ways to. Uh, we all just in it. We're all in this together, and um, and I think uh, based on the, the you know. Conversations that I've had with uh, law enforcement agencies within our county, outside our county, across state lines, and uh, across, across county lines, uh, people are willing to, uh, to 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 work together and collaborate. And um, uh, and so uh, I, I would not be shy in, in, in terms of uh, working those opportunities and those collaborations, those partnerships to to make sure that we're getting things that we need to uh, to, to address this issue head on. Yeah, that's a great point. I I know. Um, uh, <laughs> There are no original ideas, so I know that we are good at uh, copying from one another and, and trying to take good ideas and improve upon them from agency to agency. So I know uh, you said that during sheriff school that you are willing to help and have conversations when, uh, when and where possible. So I know you'll be able to help us. But you know, again, for the small agencies out there, uh, really of any agency of any size, if you're wanting to start having conversations with cultural diversity, um, you know, from a personal standpoint, I would say. You need to, to find a friend or a colleague that you're willing to sit down and have honor, honest conversations with. Um, again, you may not like everything that you hear, but understand that there other people have different views and perspectives, and that's okay. You have different views and perspectives, and that's okay. Uh, and then from a professional standpoint, have the same conversations with your command staff, those those honest conversations, and, and others inside your agency, not just your command staff, but uh, on down the line as well. And then figure out how your policies and practices and procedures may be preventing that cream from rising to the top or preventing some people from taking a step forward. So great, great conversation today on cultural diversity. But for a quick review for our listeners, 
A couple of quick things. Cultural diversity is not a PowerPoint presentation alone. Cultural diversity is not a touchy-feely sensitivity exercise. Cultural diversity starts with the desire to understand yourself and others and the willingness to have open, honest conversations, even if those conversations reveal things about yourself you don't like. Cultural diversity is valuable because it ensures the goals, objectives, policies, procedures, and practitioners all reflect the values, appearances, and beliefs of the communities you and we serve. Cultural diversity makes you better personally and professionally. Cultural diversity makes your deputies and staff better personally and professionally. Uh, President Crenshaw, Dan, again, I appreciate you very much for being here. Any closing cons, uh, concepts or ideas or inspiration that you want to share with our listeners? Jared, I would like to go back to our uh, conversation about the cream rising to the top. Yes, sir. I think absolutely. it's important that we, that we point out, uh, you know, when, when any of us go in for a job interview or a job promotion, uh, I think it's fair to say that there's a, there's a certain level of anxiety and, and maybe you're a little bit nervous when you go in there and, uh, you know, some people do better in, in the interview process than others. But uh, when you have uh, diversity and gender represented on those, on those interview panels and those promotion boards, uh, you know, I, I truly think that makes it a, a more level playing field for everyone. Mm-hmm. Cause then, then everyone is, 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 is hopefully, uh, less nervous, you know, when they go in, if there's someone on the other side that looks like them or, or, or if there's someone that, uh, uh, you know, the other side that that's of their gender, uh, then, you know, that, that makes them, uh, you know, not, not quite as nervous maybe. So I think it creates more of a level playing field for everyone. And, and, uh, you know, we've seen, we've seen the results of that here in, in our agency. That's, that's great. Again, and Jared, I would also uh, add, you know, final kind of close remarks. Yeah, that, uh, absolutely. Generally speaking, people don't believe in what they can't see at the level of leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think law enforcement and has a, 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 a tremendous opportunity to provide the leadership that's necessary uh, to bridge the gaps and remove barriers relative um, to the, the old conversation regarding uh, cultural diversity, uh, equity, inclusion, and, and, and justice. And you can see that in, 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 in Oconee County, uh, within our agency, uh, in the communities, uh, the investment uh, that Oconee County uh, and uh, Sheriff Crenshaw has made in, in this position. Uh, you know, Seneca, for example, is, you know, was about 15 minutes away from here, Seneca PD Police Department. Uh, just recently hired a uh, cultural diversity director position as well. And uh, the people in the communities are seeing the, 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 the actions that are being taken uh, therefore, they, they believe that this matter is being taken seriously, um, and, uh, and I think it's, it's, it's actually has uh, bridged some gaps in terms of how we communicate and how we how we uh, support one another. Um, uh, I think uh, we're seeing more, more unity uh, in, 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 in our communities, uh, across our communities, and uh, uh, and the, the oftentimes people are, 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 are um, a bit. Um, uh, concerned about uh, what's taking place, and when they see that the you know a sheriff like Sheriff Crenshaw is bold enough to to invest in such a position, and you see us a, a Seneca PD take uh, take notice of that, and, and also move toward hiring uh, a couple position uh, in the city of Seneca, uh, it, it, it gives our community a sense of uh, trust and, and, and faith that um, 
in this for both and, and, and one of calls and, and for a common goal and a common purpose. And and so I, I personally want to thank uh, thank you, Jerry, for what you're doing, allowing Sheriff Crenshaw and I an opportunity to come down and, and speak at the new sheriff school. And and certainly want to thank Sheriff Crenshaw for his willingness to invest in our community uh, through adding such a position. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, and and honestly, you you've uh, brought up another point in my mind that. Um, I, I too am going to uh, applaud Sheriff Crenshaw on doing this because he's doing this because he wants to, not because he has to. You know, we don't have a state law that says that you have to have a diversity officer. We don't have a state law that says that you have to do a lot of the things that he's doing, but he's doing it because he wants to serve uh, the people of his community with, with greater equalness and, and equity and fairness. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's refreshing to me is refreshing to his to his own constituents to see stuff like that. So, again, great conversation, great conversation here for our first ever podcast. Uh, President Crenshaw, thank you for being a part of it. Dan, same same for you. Thank you for being here, being a part of this. Um, no, I want our listeners to know that this uh, will not be the end of our conversation about cultural diversity. We will continue to have those conversations, and I hope uh, that something we presented today will strike a chord with you. Um, we were going to continue to, to do this uh, cultural diversity efforts to enhance and advance the office of sheriff in South Carolina so that each citizen may have a safer, more secure tomorrow. If you'd like more information about cultural diversity or the efforts of the Oconee County Sheriff's Office, please feel free to call the association here in Columbia at 803-772-1101. Thank you again for joining us here today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mutual Aid, a podcast produced by the South Carolina Sheriff's Association to help sheriffs better serve and protect South Carolina citizens. For more information on today's discussion or to discover more about the South Carolina Sheriff's Association, please visit our website at www.sheriffsc.com. We thank you for your continued support and hope you will join us next month for a new episode of Mutual Aid. Now, please stand by for a word from our sponsor. This is Alan Durham with United Badges Insurance Services. We are honored to support the South Carolina Sheriff's Association. United Badges Insurance Services is dedicated to serving the public safety community and offers a wide array of insurance products to public safety personnel, public safety organizations, and public safety partners. Learn more about how United Badges can serve you at unitedbadges.com.